0: Welcome to the Story of God podcast, where each episode helps everyday men and women see how they fit into the grand
1: narrative of God's redemptive plan. Here's Ezra and Janan. What does it mean to be a servant leader? That's the question as we look at the second half of Matthew chapter 20.
0: This is a topic, servant leadership, that is, um, I hear very, very often, in circles and so whenever i write for like a business client and work on a book with them this is a topic they often like to cover
1: and you are very qualified to cover it
0: (laughs) (laughs) at least i've been exposed to it uh numbers of times i don't know if i am one but i at least i know the arguments (laughs) so let's go ahead and get into this uh, matthew chapter 20
1: He said to them, you will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left hand You will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to grant. But it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my Father. And when the ten heard it, they were indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus called them to him and said, "You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and." And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many.
0: And as they went out of Jericho, a great crowd followed him. And behold, there were two blind men sitting by the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, Son of David. The crowd rebuked them, telling them to be silent. But they cried out all the more. Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. In stopping, Jesus called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, let our eyes be opened. And Jesus, in pity, touched their eyes, and immediately they recovered their sight and followed him.
1: So I said you're very qualified to cover this topic because you are actually a John Maxwell certified person, coach.
0: Leadership life coach. There we go. So if you have life issues, <laughs> come to me.
1: I am, I am just so blessed to live in the same house as you.
0: Well, th- here's the beauty about being a life coach. Anyone can be a life coach. You don't even, like in my case, I paid something to be a life coach. I don't know that I've ever really coached anyone um, uh, in the sense of like a life coach. I've discipled people, but when it comes to like life coaching, I don't know. It's just an uncomfortable term for me. I
1: don't think that was your main goal going into (laughs) it though.
0: (laughs) Several years ago, I I flew down to Orlando and uh, went through a whole process with um, John Maxwell's certification team. And now I am a bona fide servant leader. There we go. There we go. So
1: teach us.
0: (laughs) Well, just so many of you would be aware of this if you're familiar with leadership principles, but in the United States especially, go back to Robert Greenleaf, and he talks about the whole idea of servant leadership. And then others, such as John Maxwell, have talked, written extensively on this topic. And so it's kind of become a buzzword, but let me just, I guess, explain a little bit why in culture this is so different in culture. We're so taught and ingrained And you go back to, you know, I don't want to bore the readers, but if you go back to say the industrial age and what, you know, what the workforce looked like in that time period, <laughs> and then you go through the twenties and thirties, the coal mines and just the terrible working conditions in steel factories. Mm. And it's very much, Um, And especially in Jesus' day, it's totally top-down. I've said that several times, but it was very rich and varying degrees of poverty. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't too long ago that even in the United States, that was a little bit the case, although maybe not to the extreme in Jesus' day. And so when Jesus comes along here and he says, but whoever would be great among you must first be your servant, this was a culture where servants were very common, and today the idea of servant leadership—yeah, okay, I can kind of get behind that. I want to serve people. I want to, but in Jesus' day, this is totally frowned upon, and this is just so against what what we would think of someone who is you know, as, the, as the Messiah or deliverer of the world.
1: Well, and the poor were—I mean the poor the servants they were they were looked down on and even if we go back to the disciples question a couple of chapters ago about um what about the rich like uh, basically obviously the rich should get into heaven you know like if if they can't uh kind of what's the hope for us that's what that's what my bible notes were talking about when i was looking at this passage if like well the the rich should make it to heaven you know, because they're the important ones. You know, the leaders are the important ones. Um, the servants serve them.
0: Well, and then verse 20, backing up here, then the mother of the sons of Zebedee, James and John, they, they come um, came up to him with her sons and kneeling before Jesus, she asked him and he said of her, what do you want? She said to him, say that these two sons of mine are to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left in your kingdom. So in heaven and Jesus answers, you don't even know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm, I am to drink. And we know that all of the cup that Jesus would have to drink is so far beyond anything. The disciples would be able to do, but it's this jockeying for position that has Jesus respond in this way that, um, uh, you know, so if we position ourselves right, if we just if we get close enough to Jesus, maybe He'll give us the in track. And this is so much the mindset uh, of many in Western culture today and around the world. If I just know the right people, if I just have the right connections, then I am going to be set.
1: But Jesus, He just has this totally different picture of what it means to be um, at the top. And that is to be at the bottom. (laughs) That's to be the last, you know, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. And he's, he's kind of, you know, when I picture servant leadership, actually one of the pictures that comes to my mind is Jesus, the son of God, the one who created the world on his knees before his disciples, washing their feet, Caring for them, Um, and all throughout his ministry, when he's talking to, he's healing the sick in, and he's you know uh, teaching the poor, and he's reaching out to the women and the children, and he's not. No one is, um, you know, he's not going by these levels of social importance. No one is too small for him to humble himself. Um, to love them. And I think that's just this picture that I would have of a true, a true godly Christ-like leader. So
0: when we talk about servant leadership and we talk about in the context of today, here's what I would emphasize is that the whole idea of servant leadership is based on a framework established by Jesus. And that sometimes in Western culture, when we just throw around this phrase and different leaders will talk about it, that this idea doesn't come naturally to us. This isn't just part of being a good person. There is no seemingly a good advantage to putting others first. Um, But from Christ's perspective, there is. Uh, the, The last will be first. And so servant leadership, laying all the buzzwords aside at its core is trusting Jesus at a very high level it's trusting him that that when I lead the people around me so maybe you're a leader of an organization or you have people that answer to you you're not asking them to do all these things that you wouldn't or have done yourself you're you're approaching it not as a top-down, I'm the boss, you know, and you have to do what I say. You're approaching it, uh, with the heart of, of a servant where you're willing to, um, get your hands dirty and do and model the life that Jesus lived.
1: So if you want to be a leader, maybe take a step back and think about why watch what you're focusing on. Are you looking for a prominent position? Are you looking for attention? Are you looking for power? Um, if, if that's your answer, then, um, you need to pray (laughs) and, and seek what, what Christ would have you maybe change in your heart, but, but, you know, seek the heart of Christ and make it about the people and about seeing them with his eyes of love and, and serving, um, as Christ would serve the people around you. And even if you don't consider yourself a leader, um, be like Christ, you know, follow his example and, uh, love the, the least of them and care and, um, reach out and, and, and don't, you know, I think of this even as a mom with my own kids, sometimes, um, it's easy to ask them to do something that I don't want to do, or it's easy to ask them to have a better attitude than I want to have. And sometimes even if there's young moms listening to this too, sometimes I think it even starts there where, um, I have to realize like I am their servant leader and I need to have that gentle humility that Christ had. So I hope this gives you a good challenge in that today you're able to think through some of these things and put your faith into action. Thank you for listening to the Story of God podcast. For more info
0: on this program or to access other resources that will help you turn Sunday belief into Monday action, please visit themondaychristian.com. That's themondaychristian.com.